Welcome back to Bible Love. We are continuing our journey through the Psalms. Today is um, May 11th, and so our feast, I'm sorry, these 500-year-old guys, I'm going to butcher your names, Johan Arndt and Jacob Boehm, uh, they are mystics from the early 1600s. Today's their feast day, and here's the collect. Let us pray. Holy God, who dwells with those who have a contrite and humble spirit, revive our spirits, purify us from deceitful lusts, and clothe uh, clothe us in righteousness and true holiness through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. mystic that's a good question what is i mean it's it's like the uh great supreme court um definition of pornography you know it when you see it it's someone who has to me it's someone who has vision someone who can see um things in the divine let's see what a description is a mystic is a person who seeks by contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity with or absorption into the deity or the absolute so yeah Mm -hmm. someone who sees beyond this realm maybe um who yeah. can yeah wish I had those that's not me I know. that is not me That'd be really cool i wish i had those superpowers so um this morning i had this really interesting experience which y'all are going to hear about later in the summer um but you know it's a good story i'll tell it twice um the our bishop does a um like weekly lectionary study for the clergy. And um, I get this call last week or last night. And it's like, Bishop Richards is going to be at baby Bishop camp. Can you lead the clergy in the lectionary for this week? And I'm like, Oh my God, I was about to lose my mind because I feel like this is totally out of my wheelhouse, but um, I did it. But one of the things we did, we just talked about, um, what we wanted to talk about today um, is the psalm for this upcoming Sunday. So Psalm 66, um, and it's very in tune with um, most of the psalms, which is this sort of up and down mountain valley kind of feeling. So it the and we're specifically talking about seven through eighteen here because that's what the lectionary is providing for us. Um, but bless our God, you peoples, make the voice of his praise to be heard. So that like praising God, thanksgiving for God is how we start out. Who who holds our souls in life and will not allow our feet feet to slip. For you, O God, have proved us. You have tried us as a sil- us just as silver is tried. But then we kind of get into this conversation more about enemies and fire and water and burnt offerings and trouble and all that kind of stuff and fat beasts and rams and oxen and goats, right? So we've kind of done this before. Um, and so I wanted to get your take, Alan, a little bit on this. I don't know if you're going to preach on the psalm or not. I'm not. 
but um, it's always interesting this sort of up and down um, way of emotion we get carried through in these psalms, in particular. In yeah, yeah. I'm I'm preaching. I've been preaching through Acts in Easter time, um, talking about people whose lives have been changed. Right. I'm going to talk about Paul uh, this week and him talking about an unknown God. Uh, the the first reading this week is Paul at the Areopagus, and he's talking to these Greeks, and he's like, you know, I see this thing. It says to an unknown God. I'm going to tell you that unknown God is this people, person we worship, yada, yada, yada. He goes on. And so to me, I, I hear some connection here. Because uh, where I'm going in the sermon, spoiler for, for St. Martin's folks, is um, Paul, when he was Saul in last week's uh, mm-hmm. first reading, when uh, he was a party of Stephen's martyrdom, he was very certain who God was and what God wanted. Uh, and Paul this week, it's a little bit different and God's got some nuance. Um, yeah. Paul's maybe not so certain. And so even that, that ebb and flow of life is good, life is hard. I've got God figured out. I don't know God at all. I mean, that's the human condition, right? There's times I'm going through life. Things are great. Me and God are on, uh, on the level. And then shit happens. <laughs> like, God, are you even real? Right. You know, you why does this matter? Slapped in the face, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that is such the human circumstance. Um, uh, I feel that every day, you know, I mean, most days are really good and God and I are in tune and things are going well, but you never know where um, an illness might pop up or a tragedy might pop up. Um, I was talking to a parishioner yesterday that was in this terrible car wreck um, a couple of weeks ago. And like, she had all these plans for May and June and now she's at the rehab, you know, with broken arms and legs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she still had this wonderful attitude, which I, I was just like amazed at. Cause when I ask people, how you doing? And they're in situations like that. I think I'm expecting to hear, well, how do you think I'm doing? I'm not good. This is horrible. And of course she was like, Oh my gosh, this could have been so much worse. I could have died, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she was like lamenting some of the things that she had planned that she can't do now. And that was, none of that was expected, you know, um, a lot like this Psalm. Um, okay. I want to go back to some of those things that we hear. So I'm, I'm going to go to, uh, verse 10. You brought us into the snare. You have laid heavy burdens on our backs. So I particularly like that one because I think it's God like telling us life will not be perfect. There will be heavy burdens that happen in life, right? It's not, I think often we're surprised when it happens, but it, we, we, we should know that that's part of it. You know, you let enemies ride over our heads. You went through fire and water, but you brought us out into a place of refreshment. So even in those hard times in God, there is this place of refreshment, right? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Right? It, it doesn't always feel good. But but that doesn't change the character of God. Um, and and how do we find those those moments? You know, I think about um, so this past weekend, there was a mass shooting in Allen, Texas, which is just north of here. And 
it's tragic and it's hell on earth. And it's like the sign that, that the devil is real and evil is overcoming this world. It feels like some days when you wake up and like a three-year-old kid lost his brother and parents. Absolutely. Evil, evil is real. But even in that, you see the glimpses of resurrection. You see the police officer who was doing something else, heard shots and ran into it. You see the people who went to this little kid who lost everyone and cared for him. You see, right? Like resurrection happens because death happens and you can't separate the two. And so we see God at work, even in the crap. Totally. I totally agree. I think, I think all of these shootings that have been horrific and, you know, there's been more shootings than there has been days in this calendar year. Like, of course, I would give anything for none of those things to have happened. And it, it hurts my heart and it hurts me for God's people. But I also have seen so many blessings that have come out of that, you know, and again, like I wouldn't, don't hear me wrong. Like I'm not saying it's okay. It's not, but I think you have to find those things and you have to look for those things in the way God is working. Yeah. And that's, you know, the old Testament, it, there's a lot of nuance, right? Um, and, and the Psalms bleed into that, right? And it leads well-meaning Christians to think, you know, God did this so that X can happen. I remember when, when I was involved in, in the shooting in 99, I remember uh, someone else in ministry with me saying to people, this was God's plan. <laughs> and like, I'm a, I'm a 19 year old kid. And I'm like, uh, that's crap. This guy's wrong. No, that doesn't prevent God from working in it. Like God works through everything. God doesn't cause crap like that to happen. God doesn't cause sickness and illness and divorce and pain and whatever. God doesn't cause that. Some people read the old Testament that way. That's an ancient people trying to figure things out. We live on the other side of Jesus, who is very clear that God is love. Who's very clear that like no one sinned to make this guy blind. God doesn't do that, mm-hmm. but God works through it. And so we can see that in the Psalms, God working through the times when heavy burdens are laid on our back. God working through the times when the enemies ride over us. Not that God does it, but God works through it. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Um, I want to skip down a little bit because there is this evangelistic tone that's also here in, in the psalm. Um, it, um, specifically at verse 14, come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I'm assuming David wrote this, and or maybe not. Maybe that's the wrong assumption. But I... I do appreciate that we are to have prophetic voices and talk about what God has done for us, even those that are in fear of God, even those that are in fear of life, and that 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 come and listen. So come, listen to what you hear, and let me tell you, in my own words, how God has changed my life. And, you know, story is how this happens. This is how we bring people to Jesus. You know, um, it's, you know, we can do all the fancy liturgy in the world. You know, we can do whatever, all the welcome in the world. But to me, it's the stories of partnership and relationship and love and how God has worked in people's lives that be, people bring 
bring people even closer to Jesus. So I have a deep appreciation for this sort of evangelistic line that's sort of stuck in this psalm. Yeah. I mean, I see that we're going to hit, we got to talk about the gospel because we're going to hit all the scriptures for this Sunday. Yeah. This has become a lectionary podcast. Welcome to lectionary love. So first Peter, right? We've been working through first Peter during Easter time. And this is the crux of first Peter, right? He says all of this, he says, always be prepared to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. Peter's not talking about X, Y, Z. Here's the, the evidence for Jesus. Here's, you know, all of this, what Peter's talking about is be ready to tell people how this crap matters and how your life has changed right. because Jesus has risen from the dead. And it's stories of, of love being poured out um, when, you know, your life has fallen apart. It's stories of, of feeling a hand on your shoulder at the moment you need it. It's stories of, of life and love and, and joy and hope um, from the church, from, from God, God's self. It's, that's what Peter's talking about. Be prepared to share that story because that is, is what's going to draw people. Yeah. And it's why, it's why we do what we do. Right. Um, I can think of like three or four like pastoral things that are going on within my own parish right now. You know, people with cancer diagnosis or, you know, burying someone's brother who wasn't even a member of the church and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I feel like some of these people like almost feel surprised in some way that this is what the church does, that this is what loving Jesus and loving others does, you know, but that's what we do. That's what we're in the business of, you know, and it's a great business to be in, to be able to just surround people with this kind of love. And you're right. Peter talks about it. Jesus talks about it this week in um, John and, you know, I've given you my two commandments. You know, I've said this before. I feel like Christianity is super easy. You know, love God, love your neighbor. But it's this people part of us that mess it up, right? But Jesus is super clear. It's not hard. Love God, love your neighbor. But we as people, and as complicated as we are, mess it up all the time, right? Um, but it's it's not hard if you think about it. Yeah, it's really not rocket science. Um, so a month ago today, uh, I buried an 18-year-old on Holy Saturday. And so there's a, a family in church um, a week or two before Easter. Um, their oldest son died. And as you can imagine, right? Well, I can't imagine. You can't imagine. I can't. Um, and so thinking about that, you know, figuring out the time to have it, this is a kid who's got friends in school. So it has to be a weekend. Let's do it. And they're like, you know, is Saturday before Easter? No, this is what the church does. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, and a couple things with that today, um, the, the parents posted kind of a reflection about every piece of music they selected, every reading they selected and how they wanted it to tell the story. They were very thoughtful. Some people just pick scripture and music because it's beautiful and they love it, whatever. But here they had an opportunity to share God's love with um, friends and family who maybe have never been to church or maybe will never come back. But in that moment, tragedy brought folks together and we can tell them God loves you. The world is crazy and stuff like this happens, but God loves you. And here's music that's going to tell that story. Here's scripture that's going to tell that story. 
that's what we do. I love that, Alan, too, because that family is giving such a gift in the midst of their own tragedy. You know, they're giving such a gift to people. Like you said, maybe they'll get in a church community. Maybe they won't. Um, But in that moment, that's what matters, you know. Um, The last two lines of this uh, Psalm 17 and 18, but in truth, God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not rejected my prayer nor withheld his love from me. So that feels like a little bit complicated to me. And I just wanted to like talk it out with you. I mean, I feel like God always answers our prayers. It just doesn't feel like the way we want them to be answered sometimes. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah. Like, you know, I think about um, one of my favorite phrases when I'm talking to folks is like, no is a complete sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if you're talking about setting up boundaries with folks, you're talking about whatever, like, and sometimes a, a response to prayer is no. Yeah. Right. Like we've all prayed um, for, for sick folks, broken relationships for, um, you know, wayward people. We've all prayed for that and nothing happens or it feels like nothing happens because the person dies or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not, God's not silent. I don't think. God's with us in that. And yeah, I mean, sometimes the answer sometimes, and that's what I tell folks, like when they're sick or when they're praying for a loved one, we're praying for healing. We don't know what healing looks like. Right. And we, and I think part, part of that is us. Like, you know, we want to live forever and we want to stave off death. God doesn't work that way for death for God. Death is not anything to be feared. And that's not the end. And so healing sometimes looks like that. That's right. So right. And I think those words who has not rejected my prayer is like super important to remember because your prayers are not being rejected. Yeah. They just maybe look different than, than something than, than what we thought. I can remember when I was a very young priest. I mean, I'm kind of like a teenage priest right now. Uh, but when I was like a very young priest, I was applying for some jobs and I didn't get it. And, and just feeling just like heartbroken over that. And, you know, why I can't preach without notes. So they didn't choose me or I'm a girl. They didn't choose me for, you know, whatever, whatever the circumstances that I created in my head were, you know, and I was like, God, why are you not answering my prayers? And now like years later, I can look back on it and see like that was not the right job for me. I had other things that God wanted me to do and other ministries that God wanted me to do. But it does doesn't mean it doesn't hurt in the moment. But now I can like really relate to that line. I don't think my prayers were rejected. I just think God had a different something in store for me, you know, even in through that hurt. And that's just one example. I mean, I think we have that over and over and over in lots of examples in life, you know, whether it's, I mean, you've been through a divorce, you know, you didn't start out going that way, right? I mean, but you're probably a better co-parent because of that, you know? I mean, whatever it may be, I don't want to create that for you, but whatever it may be, we have, we can't see it in the moment, but when we look back, we can, you know? Yeah, and that, you know, that's another danger, right? Like, we think there's a path. Right. And everything has to line up this way. And if not, you know, you might have gotten one of those those calls and it would have been a fruitful ministry. Right. 
but it's not like God said, you know, you can look back and see that God worked in, in the circumstances of life to put you where you are today, because like maybe God doesn't have a path for us. Maybe God helps us um, along the path that happens. Um, yeah. I think, you know, 24 year old Alan didn't get married thinking 20 years later, but my boys are happy and healthy and they've got parents that love them. And God is working in that. Um, yeah. And God, and, and I think about that, like God's there no matter what we do. And I, you know, when my boys ask me for stuff, a lot of times the answer is no, but I want to hear them. Right. Even when they ask for whatever ridiculous stuff they ask for, like I want to hear them and I want to and not just um, no, but like consider it and think this isn't, it's not good for you to spend 15 bucks on this yeah. or whatever it is, right? God hears us. And sometimes the answer is no or not yet or wait. Yeah. Well, and I think that leads beautifully into the very last line of this, nor withheld his love from me. I mean, that's what parents do. That's what priests do. I mean, in my ministry all the time, I have to say, sometimes I have to say, I don't think we're ready for that. You know, I don't think we're to that point yet, you know, whatever. So that's essentially a no, you know, or whatever. But it doesn't mean my love for them has changed in any way, shape or form. I was talking to um, a group this morning at Wesley Commons, which is our um, our residential senior living And one person was talking about um, her grandson finally kind of came out to her as gay. And he kind of waited a long time to tell her. And she said, you know, why didn't you tell me? And he was like, well, I didn't know how you feel. And she looked at him and she said, what do you think I'm going to stop loving you? You know, and I just, I thought that was just such a brilliant thing, you know, and that's like, even if we don't understand the choices people make or the no's that we get in our life, it doesn't mean that love for us has stopped in any way. The love you and I give, the love God gives, we can just think differently or maybe don't understand people in in the same way. And that's okay. But the love never ends. And I think that is how we build community in the church and show God's love. It's okay to not completely get it but we can't ever stop loving just like God does it. So sounds like a good way to, to end the show. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. All right, listeners. So we've got a couple more weeks of the Psalms. We've got two great guests coming up that we're excited about. And, um, and then we've got an awesome summer series, some fun news coming your way. And we're really, really, really excited about that. But remember, as always, that we love you, but most importantly, God does. 